0: Nights five, Blackhawks four. From the Midway
1: Chevrolet Box Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com
0: with your hosts Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
1: Hour number two, VGK Insider Show. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, with you here on a Thursday. Boy, oh, boy! This is you know I we spent a long time talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, and we're going to let that topic breathe for a minute because I feel like no matter how much we got to yesterday, we just missed everything when it came to free agency. There's so many storylines. And to me, none bigger than the storyline affecting the Calgary Flames and to an extent the Columbus Blue Jackets by way of the decision by Johnny Goudreau. We, we spoke a bit about Johnny Goudreau Choosing the Columbus Blue Jackets, that coming out of nowhere yesterday, we kind of believed, as, as most did in the hockey world, that because Johnny Gaudreau wanted to play close to home or essentially at home, that it was going to be uh, some combination of the New Jersey Devils, the Philadelphia Flyers, and maybe the New York Islanders. Right, like It, it felt like that trio was really the landing spot for Johnny Gaudreau. And yet, he doesn't sign with New Jersey, even though they had the money to give him. He doesn't sign with Philadelphia because the Flyers decided not to like move out the final piece of salary that they would have needed to sign Johnny Gaudreau. And then I'm not really sure how close the Islanders were because it's Lou Lamarillo and no one ever knows any of the inner workings of a Lou Lamarillo team. I think where all this broke down, for Johnny Gaudreau, is that the Philadelphia Flyers took themselves out of the running. Like, I don't know about you, Chapman. I'm curious to get your thoughts, because I know you were hopeful when it came to New Jersey, but I think the fact of the matter is, if the Philadelphia Flyers would have moved on from James Van Riemsdyk, if they would have found a suitor for that contract, if they would have been a legitimate contender in the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes, I think we're talking about Johnny Gaudreau as a Philadelphia Flyer right now.
0: Yeah, I I, I think there's a lot there. Um, you know, we we could talk about the fact that they refused to move James Van Riemsdyk, and they did have a, a a first round pick, an extra one that they they maybe could have used to sweeten the pot a little bit. But we could also look at the fact that. Nobody forced him to go out and sign Rasmus Ristolainen and, and, and Tony D'Angelo to, you know, two contracts equaling about $10 million. That's your Johnny Goudreau money. Then you wouldn't have even have had to move James Van Riemsdyk. You could have kept him around for that one more season. But I think what it boiled down to, and I think I mentioned it yesterday on the air, as the day went on, it became apparent to me that he wasn't going to sign with the Devils. Because if he was going to yeah. sign with the Devils, it would have been one of those that came out right at the same time as, as Darcy Kemper, uh, Claude Giroux, we would have known right off the bat, right, like like if that was the case. I think ultimately his loyalty to the city of Philadelphia prevented him from siding with the Devils. Like I, I I, firmly believe that he did not want to play for New Jersey based on the fact that he grew up a lifelong Flyers fan. He was part of their youth academy. He, he it, It's just the, the the reality of it. I think he could not picture himself playing for a team that is the rival of the Philadelphia Flyers. So, what does he do? He goes to a place that uh, kind of I think took all of us by surprise. Like I don't know who who knew. I, I I know. I mean, certainly none of the insiders knew until it was basically a done deal. Oh, guess what? Johnny Goudreau is going to Columbus. Aaron Porchline seemed to, to have a, an inside track, but none of the <laughs> other none of the other big time uh, insiders seem to see this one coming? So,
1: ultimately, in Calgary, right? Brad Tree Living came out and said that it was more than just a hockey decision. It wasn't necessarily about the money. It came down to more or less a family decision. And I think everybody kind of took that to mean Johnny Gaudreau wanted to play back at home, whether that be New Jersey or Philadelphia, that that was always going to be the landing spot for Johnny Gaudreau. However, the introductory press conference for Johnny Gaudreau today with the Columbus Media gave us one phenomenal quote, and I cannot wait to get your opinion on this, Chapman, because I can only imagine what it would be like to be a Calgary Flame fan to to hear about how difficult of a decision this was for Johnny Goudreau to take it all the way up to the eve of free agency before making his decision that he was going to test the market, understanding that it was probably nothing to do with anything but wanting to play at home, not close to home, not nearish home, but that there was some type of plan in place. There was some destination Johnny Gaudreau had in his mind that was more important than returning to the Calgary Flames. And I think on, on a very basic level, if Gaudreau's like, you know what, I want to play in Philadelphia. I'm from there. That's where my family is. I'm growing a family of my own. I'm tired of being in a different country, away from everybody that's important to me. I want to go home. That's where I want to play. You respect that. I think it it still hurts, it's still bothersome, but you respect that. And yet, here's the quote from Johnny Gaudreau that I'm sure is going to ruffle the feathers of everybody in Calgary. Quote, I always kind of dreamed about playing a tad closer to home, but I mean, it didn't matter where I was signing. Our decision was it was best for us not to go back to Calgary, and then we decided to figure out what was the best option for us. End quote. So it really had nothing to do, Chapman. And, and you can kind of parse through that because, I, again, I think if Philadelphia was in the running, legitimately in the running, that's where Johnny Gaudreau would have ultimately landed. And then this wouldn't have looked so bad in retrospect. But the fact of the matter is, if that is true, it didn't really have anything to do with being closer to home. You read between the lines there that it didn't matter where he was going to sign as long as it wasn't in Calgary. If you're a Flames fan, how do you take that news today? If you're a Flames fan, how angry are you right now at Johnny Gaudreau? Chapman? I know you're not a Flames fan, but say, for instance, Johnny Gaudreau was a New Jersey Devil for eight years. Say he came off of one of the best years of his career, and he talked about wanting to or had a desire to play closer to home. And let's just say that he's from California. He's not, but let's just play the game and Johnny Gaudreau kind of makes it known that he wants to go back and play for the Kings or play for Anaheim, and then he ends up in Colorado. How pissed are you, Chapman?
0: Well, I'm already sour because of the fact that for for a year or so, maybe even longer, mm-hmm. we we kept hearing that he wanted to play in Philadelphia. He wanted to be close to home. He wanted to go go back to New Jersey, play very close to his family, and he didn't do that. I'm already sour at that because he didn't go to Philadelphia. He didn't go to New Jersey. He didn't go to New York. He went to Columbus. There's a there's a lot of miles between Columbus, New Jersey and Salem or Columbus, Ohio and Salem, New Jersey. There's a, there's a lot of miles there. So I'm already angry about that. Then the next day I read that quote and my anger gets kicked up like from, I don't know, from Habanero to Carolina Reaper level <laughs> heat that I'm bringing to this. I'm I'm pissed off if I'm a Calgary Flames fan. I'm already bitter and, and angry at the fact that he left, and he left more money. I mean, there, there's so many layers for me to be angry about. He left, what What did they say, 10 to $15 million more on the table mm-hmm. to get out of Calgary. I'm already angry about that. I'm angry about the fact that he didn't leave Calgary to go play home. He left Calgary to go play in a flyover state. And then... You're 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 being way too mean to Columbus right now. No, and 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 I'll get to to the fact that I think it's great for Columbus, but sure, okay. I I I am also now angry at the quote, like almost like you couldn't wait to get out of Calgary. I I would love to be able to ask Johnny Goudreau and and anyone who's been to Calgary, because I've only been to the airport. I've never been to the city. It seems like a nice place. Like what would mm-hmm. be so bad? about being in Calgary first of all you you've got an ownership group that seems to be committed to winning you know they they they, they certainly are not afraid to go out and spend money they're willing they, they were willing to give you everything you asked for mm-hmm. I think the Calgary Flames in, in, in as an organization I think they come out of this looking pretty good but I think Johnny Goudreau comes out of this looking pretty bad yeah I
1: I it's always really difficult for me because I feel like once, once players get to a point where they can test free agency, they don't really have any allegiance to their team. They don't. I, I mean, it would be nice if everything was, was sunshine and rainbows and you just wanted to spend your entire career with one team. But Johnny Gaudreau earned the right to go to market. Johnny Gaudreau earned the right to pick where he wanted to play without having to explain himself in any way, shape, or form. However, be transparent with what yeah. it is you're trying to do. If you say you want to play closer to home, if that's the news that's out there, and you don't play closer to home, I mean, technically you're you're closer to home. But like, come on, let's be ridiculous. Like, let's be serious here. It's it's not the same as playing for the Devils. It's not the same as playing for a New, for the New York Islanders. It is not closer to home in that sense. So I, I agree with you in that this aspect, this wrinkle, turns Johnny Gaudreau into the villain. It does, and and I'll tell you this: I cannot wait for Johnny Gaudreau's first game back in Calgary. I think that atmosphere is going to be absolutely bananas i do i I think that gaudreau is going to get booed i think it's going to be constant and it's going to make that such appointment viewing for the nhl and it's not often you get to say that about the columbus blue jackets and while johnny gaudreau maybe wasn't on the up and up on the way out of calgary The fact of the matter is, the Columbus Blue Jackets now have a highly marketable player, a very entertaining and exciting player, and I feel like if you look at both rosters right now, Columbus and Calgary, I don't expect either to win, but I do think the Blue Jackets are further along right now than the Calgary Flames, because while there's a lot of questions surrounding big-name restricted free agents on both sides, Patrick Liney on the Columbus side and Matthew Kachuk on the Calgary side. The Flames need to do something big here. The Flames need to find something to stop the bleeding, to make this somewhat palatable, to convince Matthew Kachuk that he should want to stay here. And I don't know that anything the Flames organization does... Whether or not that's Nazem Kadri coming in on a big-ticket item to kind of fill that void, I don't think that there's anything Calgary can do to make Matthew Kachuk want to go long-term there. And that's that, to me, is really the most difficult aspect of all of this. Yes, you lose Johnny Gaudreau, Yeah, that sucks. But I think you also, by default,
0: lose Matthew Kachuk, too. What say you? I, I agree with that. I, I, I think... Matthew Kuchuk is twenty four years old. He's an RFA. Uh-huh. I don't know if, if what, what kind of deal he signs in Calgary. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe someone offersheets him and and he's willing to go. Uh, but but the thing is, I I, I agree because I don't feel like there's anything available. And look, I you, you know I like Nazem Kadri. I think he's a uh-huh. good player. The reality of the situation is Nazem Kadri is not Johnny Goudreau. So you can try by bringing in Nazem Kadri but if I'm Matthew Kachuk I don't know if that moves the needle for me like unless I'm totally in love with Calgary and and my my girlfriend or my wife is from there and I I've started to build a family there I don't know if if there's something that that would convince me to stay like like I said I don't know too much about Calgary I've never been there I'm, I but I I want to win, but I also want to get paid. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you can do both in a lot of places. I don't know if at this stage of the game you can do that in Calgary. Like, I'm sure Calgary will give him the money. The question is, is that more important? Like, is Matthew Kachuk, would would he walk away from the extra 10 to 15 million like Johnny Goudreau did? I, I don't know, but I have to think that that's a possibility. And if I'm Calgary, I have to start looking for options with life without both of these guys because it's a very real possibility that they're not going to be able to keep Matthew Kachuk as well.
1: So for me, if I'm the Calgary Flames, if I'm Bradtree Living, are you signing long-term or not? Period. Like, Matthew Kachuk, let's sit down. Are you willing to go eight years? Because if you're not willing to go eight years, we're trading you. And, and I, I know how that's going to look and how it's going to play to their fans. But that is really the most important decision that's looming right now for that organization. Because if you have Matthew Kachuk say, no, I'm not going long-term, give me a two-year deal, I want a bridge, I want to be a free agent, I want to get out of here, you're not going to have any leverage in what you can get in return for Matthew Kachuk. You're just not. So you have to come to some agreement with the player as to what it is he's going to do. You cannot you cannot bridge deal him here. You cannot go two years and walk Matthew Kachuk to free agency. You just cannot do it. You have to get clarity on that situation. And if he doesn't want to go long-term, clean break. Clean break, see where the pieces fall after that, and try to rebuild your organization around it. Because right now, it is not looking good for the Calgary Flames. And if Matthew Kachuk's not willing, and if and by extension, if the organization's not ready to commit to Matthew Kachuk, and I'm not talking about a contract, Matthew Kachuk should have been the captain of the Calgary Flames this year. An unwillingness to give him that responsibility, I think is viewed poorly by the Kachuk family and his camp. I think Matthew Kachuk is irked by the fact that he is the true leader of that organization, and yet they do not want to give him that responsibility. So, if you're not willing to accept Matthew Kachuk as your leader, if you're not willing to go with that, with him wearing the C, if you do not want him around long term, pull the plug on it. Trade him because you're not going to do any winning if there's that question of what is going on with Matthew Kachuk in the background. And then you brought up winning, Chapman, because oftentimes when guys take less money, they do so in order to win. They do so in order that the team they go to is close or they can supplement or it's a hometown discount because you want to come in and be the piece that helps that team get over the hump. The question I have for you in relation to Johnny Gaudreau, do you think he cares about winning? Because while I do think this is really good for Columbus, and while I do think this can fast-track them to being a team that's right there in the playoff mix, I don't know that anyone's going to buy the Columbus Blue Jackets anytime soon as a contender, even with Johnny Gaudreau. To me, this is an opportunity to go to a market that is not as absolutely hockey mad as calgary would have been or philly would have been or new jersey would have been or new york would have been this was an opportunity for johnny gaudreau to just go to a place and be a guy yeah he'll be the best guy on the team but he still just gets to be a guy i don't necessarily know that winning is the highest priority johnny gaudreau has
0: well let's let's be realistic about columbus you know what the the Columbus or who the Columbus Blue Jackets share their market with, they share their market with Ohio State football. Ohio State football is bigger than the Columbus Blue Jackets, so no matter what happens with the Blue Jackets, unless they they win around in the playoffs or today they, they 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 they're on the front page by signing the star free agent, they will always be the second fiddle in Columbus, Ohio. They will always be behind. Ohio State football. We work with the guy who is from that part of the country, a guy who is a massive, massive Ohio State football fan. When they lose a game, it's like a funeral. I mean, they, they it, 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 it's like you get kicked in the face when when you lose when you're an Ohio State fan. They lose like one or two games a year. That's that's the, the realization of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And I, I appreciate the fact that Jarmo has has committed to winning um, I, I, I've been to Columbus. It's a nice city. Um, you know, and, and, and I think it's great for, for the city of Columbus to, to go out and they get this guy, got, get Johnny Goudreau. You've now got Patrick lining and Johnny Goudreau. That, that could be really exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining those two guys in the power play together. Like, oh my God. But the reality is it's not, it's not Philadelphia. It's not New York. It's not even Tampa. Tampa is is mm-hmm. a hockey city now. It I mean when you think about the, the the pecking order of of NHL franchises especially American cities Columbus they're way down on the list. They're they're like above Phoenix but are they above maybe a San Jose or are they above a St. Louis? Definitely not above a St. Louis. Like they they there, there's just other places that I think fans are more crazy about their hockey team than Columbus. And and look, it's cool they got the cannon. Maybe he, maybe he wants the cannon like Tom Green. I want to hear the cannon, but huh? I, I can't imagine the cannon is why Johnny Goudreau went to Columbus. But I'm happy for the Blue Jackets. I, I, I think for a lot of a lot of this. We, we spend so much time trashing guys who left, maybe not trashing is the right word, but, but talking about guys who left Columbus because they wanted to be in the bright lights. There have there, been a few, Seth Jones, Artemi Panarin. There have been guys who, who have wanted out of Columbus because they've wanted to be in, in bigger markets. I think the other aspect of this is it's a great day for small markets and for, for, for maybe not traditional hockey cities. Because the team that was maybe number 31 or 32 in the pecking order of NHL markets, definitely down in the lower 20s to, to, to the 30s, pulled off a coup. They got the best player on the free agent market. And and I think in that regard, it, it's great for Columbus. I don't know how great it is for the rest of the league, but it's good for mm-hmm. Columbus. Because now they, they can at least tell their fans, hey, look, we are doing everything we can to put a winning product on the ice. And if you're a Blue Jackets fan, you can't be angry. You you've you you should be in line today looking to buy season tickets because Yamel Kekalainen and, and and John Davidson, they they have committed themselves to going out and and putting a great product on the ice. Who's closer to winning a playoff
1: round? Columbus or Calgary?
0: <clears> hmm. <throat> well, I'm gonna say Calgary, because I don't think Columbus would be in a position where they're going to play a team that they'd be favored against. I think Calgary, just by by geography, I think there's a chance they could get a team in the playoffs in, in the Pacific that they they would be able to beat. I don't know who, who Columbus would as of today in their division. I, I I don't know if they would beat Carolina. I don't know if they would beat the Rangers, and I don't know if they beat the Penguins or the Capitals, but I think they could beat one of those last two teams.
1: Do, do you think Calgary's going to be good next year? Uh,
0: I think it depends. I, I, I think right now it's too early to tell. I think there's certainly... Here we are the first hour talking about a lot of production that you have to replace. At least you don't have to replace 115 points if you're the Golden Knights. <laughs> Calgary has to find a way to replace 115 Chapman, points.
1: Chapman, Chapman, depending on what happens with Matthew Kachuk, you might have to replace 200.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and look, they also have another RFA in Andrew Mangiapane, so um, I think maybe he'd be a little more committed to staying there, but if those two other guys aren't there, if I'm him, do I want to be there either?
1: Uh, it's it's a fascinating, fascinating spot for the Calgary Flames. A team that won the division last year. A team that was looking like they were on track to go deep, deep into the playoffs. And now, here we sit just a few months later. It feels like, at least in my opinion, that their window has closed. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we got one-timers right here on the VGK Insider Show. Of course, you make the trade. Pavel Zaka for Eric Halla. I, I think I like... Eric Hall, I like the depth that he's going to provide for the the New Jersey Devils. I think Polat is going to fit in seamlessly. There's a lot that Jack Hughes is going to be able to learn from Andre Pilat. The question that I have for the New Jersey Devils is might they might they be looking at one more signing? Might the Devils take a run at Nazem Kadri or John Klingberg? Like Defensively, I think that the Devils could probably upgrade. I think they can probably use one more forward. And I I think they've addressed their goaltending. So I wonder, Chapman, if perhaps Kadri or John Klingberg are on their radar.
0: You know, I I, I thought about Klingberg uh, because they they obviously have a couple of pretty solid defensemen in uh, Ryan Graves, Damon Severson, and Dougie Hamilton. But two of those guys are entering the final year of their contract. So for the Devils, you're probably going to want to lock those guys up long term. Klingberg is a guy who was really, really good in Dallas. A bit of of an older player on the older side. I don't really know if if Kadri is is a guy that they would be interested in. Um, Look, he's a good player, but I don't think they want to overpay for him. Um, I think there's other teams that, that are probably willing to give him more money. I mean, it, it, it's an interesting scenario. I do think they have to do something else because it, it doesn't make up for for not getting Johnny Goudreau, just signing Andre Pallott and, and acquiring Eric Halla. Mm-hmm. I wonder who else is out there who's maybe a player hiding and, and maybe sliding under the radar a little bit that we're, maybe there's someone else that we're not thinking of because it seems mm-hmm. like a lot of the big names are off the board. Uh, but yeah, Klingberg's still out there. So that's an interesting, interesting possibility. What about Phil Kessel? I like Phil Kessel, and I, <laughs> I I I think Phil would would certainly be able to break the record in New Jersey. Uh-huh. I don't know yeah. if he wants to go play in New Jersey. Uh, he, he's mm. been enjoying well. the sunshine for the last couple of years, but uh, you know those winters in New Jersey are pretty harsh compared to, to to the ones in Phoenix. But that's an interesting fit because I think he mm-hmm. would probably take a a shorter deal, which is which is fine with New Jersey. Um yeah, it, i I like the idea of Phil Kessel go to the Devils. I I, I I don't I haven't heard anything about Phil, what his intentions are, where who's been looking at him, but mm-hmm. I would like Phil Kessel in New Jersey. I, I, I he's just a he's just a fun guy. The Carolina hurricanes are
1: interesting in that their approach to free agency was okay, let's make trades and i love the idea of making trades i love the idea of going out there and kind of while everyone's worried about overspending and everyone's trying to lure those free agents to sign contracts that are likely more expensive than you ever want to sign a contract for the carolina hurricanes went out and they addressed a couple of needs by way of trades and you already know the cost associated with it and you know, for Vegas Golden Knights fans, we intricately know what Carolina didn't give up for Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin. But the other trade for Carolina was an interesting one. It's the San Jose Sharks moving Brent Burns and Lane Peterson to the Carolina Hurricanes for Steven Lorenz. Eto Makaniemi and a 2023 conditional third-round pick. The Sharks retaining 34% of Brent Burns' salary. So Carolina ends up with Brent Burns at just over $5 million AAV for the next three years. And they've got one year of Max Pacioretty at $7 million. So what have the Carolina Hurricanes done? Well, they've gotten a better Tony D'Angelo for... A little bit more money, but a longer track record and proof of concept with Brent Burns. Make no mistake, Brent Burns, not good defensively, but this guy scores a lot of points. And for a Carolina team whose offense betrayed them last year in the playoffs, Brent Burns is likely a difference maker. You can make the same argument for Max Patchready. What did Carolina miss most in that playoff round against the new york rangers While well, the rangers had an elite goal scorer and mika zibanejad the carolina hurricanes did not so if max patch is the elite goal scorer and brent burns is the minute cruncher that can get pucks through from the back end you could make the argument that the carolina hurricanes went out and addressed every single bit of their needs and they didn't have to overspend to do it which move to you chapman is the more impactful one
0: well i I think the Brent Burns one is for the reason that I think the fact that he's probably going to be playing with Jacob Slavin. So mm-hmm. it'll it'll kind of make up for the fact that Burns really isn't a very good defender because Slavin is, is a pretty good defender. So I think it allows Burns to go kind of freewheel it a little bit. Uh, the, the aspect of the patch trade is something that we kind of talked about in the first segment. We don't know if he's going to be able to play 82 games. Brent Burns is a pretty durable guy. So I, I think if you're Carolina, you're, you're certainly counting on the fact that Brent Burns is going to be there for a, a very large percentage of your games. Pat's ready, you don't know. It's a bit of a gamble. I think Brent Burns is a bit more of a sure thing. Uh, this is a guy who, who certainly we've seen what he can do on the power play. Um, but I, I like the fact that they probably do line him up with Slavin. And, and the, the, the other win for them, that they got San Jose to keep 34% of his salary. So you yep. you you're, you're not paying the full what was it 8 million dollars that he that he was making uh with That's Pacioretty, you're, you're you're paying yeah. the full 7 million dollars on his salary. So I think the Burns deal is is a better one for them for multiple reasons and and I I'll be honest, I love watching this team play. I'm already a lot more excited to watch them play next year than I already was watching them play any time previous to, to next year
1: it's going to be fascinating to see where the carolina hurricanes go because to me they they've essentially gone all in here right like this is a team that is expecting to win they they feel like they've been right there and hopeful that the additions of max patch and specifically brent burns will help deliver a longer playoff run for the carolina hurricanes uh, want to touch on the Ottawa Senators and and we had a lot of love on this program for the Ottawa Senators uh, going into and coming out of the draft because they they made some phenomenal moves getting Alex to bring it for essentially nothing and then trading Matt Murray and then getting cam Talbot like all these things going well for the Ottawa Senators and then free agency opens and within about two-ish minutes, they finally make one of the bigger transactions, bigger free agent signings in franchise history as Claude Giroux, three years, full no-move, $0.5 million AAV on the contract. So Claude Giroux joins Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Alex Debrinkit, Drake Batherson, Tim Stutzla. They are going to be good. Like, up front, top six they're going to be good, Chapman. The Ottawa Senators have some real optimism surrounding them right now.
0: Yeah, I, I I, think it should also be noted that the team right now is being run, at least from an ownership standpoint, by mm-hmm. Eugene Melnick's daughters, who are college-age yeah. uh, kids. So, phenomenal job by them. Um, I think it, it furthers the, the the idea that women need to be more involved in sports because these two girls are... are they're not even out of college, and they they basically have given Pierre Dorian the green light to mm-hmm. go do what he needs to do to put a winning product on the ice they're they're going to get the new stadium or the new arena I should say uh they they've gone out and i think the great thing with the with the Giroux signing is they didn't have to commit too long down the road so mm-hmm. a guy who's 34 to, all, to have to only give him 3 years and get him to go play in ottawa that's a win for a, a huge win for the ottawa senators they still have money to spend I would love to see them go out and make one more move. Just, just go all in and offer sheet Matthew Kachuk. Just go do it. Go do it. They don't need a. They don't need another forward, job and no, They need but, a defenseman. The idea of 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 him and well, I hope they don't sign PK. Mm-hmm. But the the idea of, of Matthew and Brady on the same team would would, would sure. just be insane. But yeah, I well, I, I want to see them go do one more. Go get go make one more signing. And, and fully commit, well, fully commit.
1: Well, here's the here's the thing, Chapman. They they did make a signing today. It not a, a new player, but they brought uh, they came to an agreement on a contract extension with Josh Norris. It's eight years, seven point nine five million dollars. For Josh Norris. So he's locked up for the next eight. You've got Brady Kachuk locked up for the next six. Alex Debrinkit, it's a one year deal left for Debrinkit at $6.4 million. I would imagine that that's going to be objective number one. If Debrinkit works and it, it all kind of seems to go well then you're looking at a longer ish term extension for alex to they've got 11 million dollars left in cap space for this season they've got more going into next year so they're in a really good stop uh place from a cap perspective but i say go make a play on john Klingberg. i i just i if, if if ottawa goes in and they get a defenseman i think this team has every opportunity in front of them to be a good team next year and you know what you mentioned Pierre Dorian just kind of getting the green light here I think we're finally seeing for the first time ever what Pierre Dorian can do when he's not being hampered by having to work within these internal constraints and it's been nice to watch as much as we all and we all do it as much as we (laughs) drag on Pierre Dorian He's getting his moment in the sun right now, and it's got to feel pretty good, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him.
0: Yeah, he, he seems like he's a really good dude, so, um, you know, I'm I i I'm with you. We, we kind of clown on him a little bit. He he did make it very easy, but he's a guy that I root for. I root for the city of Ottawa. I root for the Senators. I, I want to see them do well. I want to see them succeed, because it's just, a, it, it, they've been the punching bag for too long, and you... There, there are some good fans in that city, and they deserve to see a winning product. They deserve to see a winning team. And Pierre Dorian right now doing his best to give that back to the, to the city of Ottawa. One more thing, I, I, and I don't know if you mentioned it, but Thomas Chabot is a stud. Like He's yeah. an absolute stud. And mm-hmm. they've got him locked up long-term, too. So uh, I should also mention the trade that they made to get Matthew Joseph. I think Matthew Joseph is going to be a really good player. Now he's oh, an, yeah. he's no, an he? RFA and they they'll have to resign him, but that's one of those trade mm-hmm. deadline moves that, that mm-hmm. they made. They they send Nick Paul to 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 Tampa and get Matthew Joseph back. I really, really like that move for Ottawa.
1: Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think the Ottawa Senators are, are putting themselves in a really good spot. Those are your one-timers brought to you by Paul Powell, more lawyer, less fee. We're back to wrap it up next. Catching up with Chapman. <laughs>
0: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan. Well, something that was in the mailbag a couple weeks ago, and I wasn't sure if we were going to ever have the opportunity to mention it. So with only two shows left, I wanted to use this opportunity, and it was uh, your favorite goal songs around the league. Now, I could tell you that I, I, I have a list of about five teams that I absolutely love their goal songs. And I'll start with a division <laughs> rival. The Anaheim Ducks play Bro Him by Pennywise, yep. one of my favorite punk bands of all time, but just a an unbelievable song, has deep meaning to me. Yep. Um, so yep. I that's one. The Coyotes, they play the Black Keys, Howlin' for you. That's a great one. Gotta go with Chicago. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can't love Chelsea Dagger. Ottawa sure. plays Song 2 by Blur. The Philadelphia mm-hmm. Flyers, they go with that girl by a band called, I think they're called the, the I'm not sure how you say it, the Clungs, maybe, something like that. Uh, it, you know okay. the song. I'm, I'm not going to do it, but if you've heard the song, you know it. I will say, for nostalgia reasons, Toronto and Vancouver, obviously Toronto mm-hmm. with the Hall & Oates. Vancouver plays Don't You Forget About Me from uh, The Breakfast Club.
1: However, the two mm-hmm. worst...
0: I'm gonna go with San Jose and Boston. It's like jock jams. It's like it's like it's 90s like I the Twilight Zone. I think is is the one is one and 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 oh, it's so bad. It's just like terrible, like ni- late 90s techno music, just garbage. Mm-hmm. Update your songs, guys. Boston, you're you are you've got so many great bands from your city, and you're playing that garbage jock jam nonsense come on how it's how it's not shipping up to boston i i, I yeah, don't understand yeah i mean there, something from aerosmith I, I i mean there's so many good songs jay giles band no no, no no
1: no 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 we we can we can leave it at uh dropkick murphy's that's totally fine that's totally <laughs> I'm fine, I, I'm fine with that. I will say i i'm with i'm with you on like the majority of your of your selections i, I think that san jose's goal song is an absolute abomination and and it's like time to franchise. get into the the 2020s uh, not the 1990s and <laughs> i'm with you on toronto hall and oats it's never gonna not be good uh final show of the season tomorrow we'll uh, talk to you then have a great night everybody